All right, guys. Uh, welcome to our first uh, live stream. I guess you can rumble on. And we're on Rumble and we are on Pal Talk. We're on both because uh, I also have a room on Pal Talk. So any of you guys that uh, really want to watch this uh, live stream, uh, go ahead and jump over to the. If you want to chat, go over to the Pal Talk room. It's open right now. So this is our first official live stream on Rumble. So you have to kind of give us a second as, as I kind of work out the bugs, work out kind of what's going on. Um, it's really interesting. I'm trying to figure out how we can actually see our live streams and, and stuff like that. So you have to bear with us. Like I said, we are. this is our first time, like I said, ever doing a, a live stream. Oh, uh, with Rumble. So, uh, like I said, you have to bear with us a little bit as we uh, kind of navigate this for the for the first time. And I'm trying to see. You can I'm trying to see. I want to see the live. Oh yeah, you can look at that. No, you can actually. I got to turn the volume down so you guys don't get my volume. But uh, so it looks pretty good. If you guys are in Rumble, go ahead and jump on there on the chat if you want to talk. Um, like I said, just this is our first uh, official live stream. The reason why um, I wanted to do this today was. Uh, we're going to try to do more live stuff. Saturday, probably going to be more Saturday nights or uh, Sundays. We're going to try to do more live stream stuff. Uh, the podcast is still going to be, uh, I'll probably turn this audio into a podcast at some point. And then you'll be able to, you know, hear it on the audio. Those I know a lot of people listen on the audio, and that's fantastic. If that's the way you like to listen, uh, I'm very happy. Either way, I appreciate you guys just taking the time to listen. So, but those of you that haven't, uh, survivalistpodcast.org. And like I said, we also have our, we also now joined Locals, uh, which is kind of a Rumble thing, our, our group. If you want to join Rumble, you're going to get exclusive content. You're going to get live streams. You're going to get all that stuff in there. Uh, like I said, all additional content on that's five bucks a month. And like I said, you don't have to join. All the other stuff is still going to be free, but we're going to try to start doing uh, some live streams along with the podcast. The weekly podcast that we do is still going to be up. That's still going to be free. None of that is changing. Uh, we're just adding some additional content here with the uh, the live stream and as well with the, like I said, we have a lot. We're going to have the live stream. We're going to have the podcast. And then we might have an exclusive podcast that's going to only be on our local group, which is how you join. You get the additional content. Uh, but like I said, it's something new for us, something we haven't tried before. Um, I'm not actually not usually on camera. I'm mostly usually just behind the microphone talking. But uh, like I said, a lot of people wanted us to do stuff on Rumble, so we've been we just started doing this on Rumble. I have to, so the the other thing too is that there's all stuff on there is about Tucker Carlson and all that kind of stuff, and, and I just he's saying he has proof that meh, you know it's just but. I, I don't know. He, he's another one. I just, I can't stand. I mean, I know he's got a big following and all that, but I, uh, I never have. He's just, I hear his problem with him. And I don't know. I, like I said, I think he, you know, I think he's got a good show, but I just don't particularly care for him myself. So I think, well, you know, I think I should really adjust this camera. If I go to property, adjust prop. Hate to crop out. I'm trying to see if it'll look better. Me in the center. This is something we should, we should have figured out before we did the live. <laughs> I think it would look better. It does look. I mean, we'll put the flags. We gotta hang the flag someplace else. But that does actually look better. When you get me more in the thing, you don't get all this blank space. Um, I'll have to maybe adjust with adjust the way it looks because now it looks much better. Because then you can actually get me in the whole frame now, and you're not actually getting you know all that stuff in the. But yeah, like I said, I know Tucker has a big audience, and I think he is. Like I said, I mean, he does have some good points at times, but I don't know. I just, this whole thing where he's trying to do it to January 6th, thing, it's just ridiculous. I just don't have a, like I said, I'm just not a big fan of his. And I just think that he's just not one of my, you know, he's not one of my favorite show hosts. I like, I like Megan Kelly. Actually, a lot of people ask me, who, who do I like to watch? I like to watch Megan Kelly, especially now she's on satellite. Um, and obviously a big day coming up on Rumble. 
uh, tomorrow with uh, Steven Crowder coming back now. Uh, he's coming to Rumble. A lot of people have been waiting for that. Uh, it's been He's been gone since, what, January? So January, February. Now he's coming back. It's almost the end of March. He's been off the air for a couple of months now. He's coming back. Uh, you know, obviously he had his biz issues with the Blaze and stuff like that. And just the whole situation with them and, and saying they're going to demonetize him if he's actually, you know, not not doing what, you know, he, his, he had a, you know, he, he didn't want to build a business. He was a... He he always has been a content creator, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he always wanted to be that content creator, and he never wanted to actually have to run the business end of it. I think he just wants to wanted to kind of get in there, do his job, and all that kind of stuff. And he just never wanted to run the business. Yeah, like I said, I like I said, I watch Megan Kelly a lot. I really like her show on Satellite, and like I said, now the Crowder, I'll definitely Crowder. I might, I probably might join his Mug Club. Uh, I actually, like I said, I do. I actually content. Uh, he, like I said, he had never really wanted to start a business content, but unfortunately, in the world, we can't create content. Just expect to get paid for, especially you know when you're doing the kind of stuff he does. You know, it's not it's not feasible. You have to kind of create your own little thing. Uh, you know, Kumi has done it. Uh, McGinnis has done it. A lot of those guys that are more on the right have really created a platform for themselves. You know, with you know with subscription based services and stuff like that. My whole thing is he's such a big he's such a big time uh, streamer. Uh, you know, he the first he when he tried to do to do this before he had so many problems with the platform. Rumble I think is scaled up for a co- or at least is big enough to handle him now. I remember when he first started doing the sign up thing the servers crashed on him and stuff like that. now he seems to be like i said ready to roll for tomorrow so i, I like i said i'll be watching 10 o'clock uh, like i said here on rumble and uh, on he's gonna be still doing his youtube thing which i understand why he doesn't want to lose that on but that's gonna be i mean, I mean now he you know he's <laughs> I hope for his sake that nothing happens because uh, if he gets taken off YouTube, he might lose a chunk of his audience. Maybe not because Rumble is, you know, I mean, he's got the the followers on Rumble now. But like I said, I I, ho- I know he's still going to do. So like I said, that's like I said, he's going to be like I said, he's going to be just fine coming up here. You know, on, on Rumble. I feel like you're going to see now Rumble also has, uh, I think it, uh, Donald Trump Jr. was supposed to do a show in here. Like I said, you Donald Trump Jr. was supposed to do a show on Rumble. I think you're going to see, I'm actually going, I'm actually curious to see what's going to happen going forward when Joe Rogan's contract's up. If, he gonna, if, he, if he's going to stay with Spotify or Rumble would bring him over. Because to me, Crowder joining Rumble and, and uh, Rogan joining Spotify it's kind of like when Stern joined uh, Sirius XM back in the day. A lot of people saying that that Crowder got some equity with with his join. Uh, definitely, uh, I wouldn't surprise me if he did. He's a pretty big name, uh, so they, they might have had a Stern got. I know got got stuff like got equity and stuff of like that in Sirius XM when he joined because it was such a big big thing, and the only way they could financially compensate him was giving him stock. So I wouldn't be surprised if Crowder got some stock with his deal uh, to be able, you know, to you know, to compensate him. So we'll see what happens. But I do think the platform is big enough, Rumble especially, to accommodate him now. So I'd be curious to see. I know he they when you go to sign up for his thing, he tells you how many mug club, how many members are part of his group. So he's got quite a few members. But he's also going to be doing like like what Anthony Kumi does over at Compound Media. He's going to be producing other shows and stuff like that. So that actually really doesn't uh, doesn't surprise me that he's going to be bringing in other you know other people now to uh, to help bring in additional people for his subscription service. So. Like I said, I'm really interested, really interested in that. And it just shows you the, you know, what, uh, and, and and I like what Crowder had said. He did, he's done a bunch of interviews over the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks talking about his return. And, you know, I have to say one thing, and he really pointed out that the, the really big selling point with Rumble is that you could say whatever you want 
and nobody, you know, there's no, you know, there's no repercussions for it. If they ever start doing the, start doing what YouTube's doing or Facebook's doing, uh, Rumble is, it, Rumble would take a big hit because Rumble, that's kind of their selling point is you come to our platform, we'll give, you can say what you want, you do what you want. You know, it doesn't matter. We don't, we don't edit, you know, we don't filter. We don't do, you know, you can do what you want on our platform. That's their big selling point. So if he would, if they would start like censoring people on Rumble, I mean, a lot of people would, would leave Rumble because that's their big hook right now is, is that. So that's why I, I like this, our, our, our live streams are only on Rumble and Pal Talk because both of them let us say what we want. Um, I've had videos up on YouTube before that have been taken down. I've had our old survivalist pod channel got taken down when I did a, when Trump was running for president, I did a, uh, an episode called Air Force Trump. And it got taken down because, uh, you know, people didn't like that I was supporting him for, for president at the time. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's not right. And especially it, it all, this all really got inflamed to me, especially during COVID when everything started happening with, with COVID, a lot of people started getting like oversensitive to this kind of thing. Uh, I know it's always, I mean, ever since Trump got in, I mean, from the day Trump got in, bombarding him and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't think it was fair, but you know, it, it got to the point where it just was not, it, it got to the point where, I mean, all the news networks became the Trump hate net, except for Fox News. And even them sometimes go after him, but you know, it, you, you keep, you know, my, my, and I talked about it on my other podcast, my podcast, not live. Uh, I'll just, I guess that's how to describe it about how, you know, we're taken down off of, off of, you know, uh, they were taken down off of iTunes, YouTube. I mean, look at people like Alex Jones that were completely deplatformed. Gavin McGinnis, Anthony Cumi, all those guys were completely deplatformed. But here's the thing. Some of those people were deplatformed for saying that, you know, that now is true. So why aren't those videos being retized? Why aren't those people being given apology? Why isn't, why aren't those videos being put back up? Why people have been able to come back? You know, you're, you're telling, you're taking people down for what they say, but if the thing turned out to be true, they're still off. And that's not really fair. And I think that's kind of the appealing point to rumble of, okay, you know, you did, you know, you're, you know, we're not going to censor anything like that because what if what these people turned out to be true a year from two years, maybe at that moment, there's not enough proof. Maybe at that moment, there's not enough, but that's no reason to take somebody because I mean, let's be real. Now it's turning out that the Wuhan thing was true. Now turning out you know, that you know, things that they, they said weren't true with COVID is now true, you know, and, and, and I think maybe people were oversensitive sensitive to it at the time, I think especially even now, like my podcast, last podcast, I wanted to bring it up on a live stream because there's a bunch of people watching and thank you guys who are watching. I do appreciate, uh, you know, like I said, one of the things that really gets to me is like I said, especially during COVID um, and especially with, with the mainstream media, a prime example is if you said anything about the vaccines you're, you're, or anything about COVID, you immediately got flagged. Uh, maybe you didn't get taken down, but your content got flagged. Some people got demonetized. And then you have other people as well that especially got, that I really don't think it was fair, that, that they, they really, you know, these things that happen now are true and, and they're still being demonetized. And then, you know, you get the mainstream media who sensationalizes things all the time, which I don't agree with that. You know, like, look at this whole banking thing. I mean, look at how, I mean, it's one bank. It was one, maybe two banks, okay? That this whole thing was at Silicon Valley Bank, and there was another bank. You had two banks, and then all of a sudden, the mainstream media got a hold of this whole thing.
and it just got blown way out where they're afraid people are going to make runs on the banks and all that kind of stuff. Like, why is this? Why? Why are like? Why is the news being allowed to sensationalize? Why is the news being allowed to? I mean, yes, they're sensationalizing things, but you know, you're looking at because of the news. Something. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank is a small bank, and was it going to be an issue? Yes, but because of this major them sensationalizing it and blowing everything up. Um, you know, they were afraid that people were going to make a run on the bank and this whole fear monger with this bank, they were afraid people were going to go withdraw all their money and stuff like that. Come on. People are not going to withdraw all their money. I mean, what, what, people don't need, I mean, what it was all fear mongering. A lot of people got scared. A lot of people were afraid. And that's what, that's what caused these people to make the run on the banks. It wasn't, it you know it, the news got a hold of it and just blew it out of proportion. That's exactly what happened. The news got a hold of it and blew it out of proportion. And you know and that that's the crazy part. It's not you know, these people didn't you know these people in the news they blow this stuff. It's blown out of proportion. And it, I mean it ended and it, it caused the banking issue. It, you know the, the Silicon Valley Bank didn't cause the bank. It was the news scaring everybody into thinking that they're not going to be able to get their money and they're afraid everybody's going to run to the bank. You know the news did it not. Not the bank. And I think that's kind of a, a really an important point that, okay, people, are, you know, the, the news media in this country, especially, you know, the left, uh, they love, you know, they, they need stories now that, that they don't, you know, and, and, oh, okay, well, let's take this thing about one bank. Let's blow it out of proportion. So everybody, you know, and then, you know, it gets to the point of the White House has to, has to step in and try to calm people down and say, no, 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 we're going to bail them out. We're going to bail them out. Well, yeah, of course they're going to bail them out because if they don't, uh, people are going to make a run on the banks and then everybody's going to, you know, be, and then, then we could have a, uh, an issue in this country with the bank. Uh, so I think it's just really ridiculous. And I think it's it's just ridiculous that the the mainstream, <laughs> you know, the news, they, they caused a problem with, by fear mongering personally. And then, too, you have these companies that were these these tech startups that are at Silicon Valley Bank that are basically you know they're they're cryptocurrency companies they're all these kind of companies that uh, are anti-government and they're like no 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 do we're cryptocurrency we don't want the banks involved we don't want the government involved but yet they're they're the ones that were encouraging the government to come in and bail them out because of this problem with Silicon Bank. Well, if you're a crypto company and you don't want the government involved, why are you begging the government to come in and bail you out now? Um, so that's why I'm really hesitant with this whole cryptocurrency thing and this whole NFT thing. Um, I just think that, I mean, I'm, I am very anti government, like sort of like, like, I think that we need a government, but I think the government's sticking their nose place it doesn't belong. And unfortunately, I think that this cryptocurrency thing, because the cryptocurrency is going to crash, nobody's going to go and bail it out. And I think that people that put their money in crypto might be taking too much of a chance because there is no protection, no you know, FDIC insurance or anything like that in cryptocurrency. And I think that's a really, a really big issue right now. Because as much as I do like crypto and decentralization and Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff, I think the fact that there is no governing body for it, uh, I think makes it a little scary because the fact is, like I said, you know, these companies, these cryptocurrency companies were begging the government to come in and bail them out. But yet in the end, they were like, hey, you know, 
We don't. We're we're anti government. We're anti this crypto. Don't you know we? Don't, but yet when they were about to lose all like what like forty fifty million that one cryptocurrency company had in Silicon Valley Bank, they were like, please, Mister Government, come in and bail us out. So I I, I just think it's going to be. I don't know. I just think that it needs a little more. I hate to say it needs more regulation, but maybe it, maybe we need cryptocurrency insurance. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe there should be an in some kind of insurance you can get on cryptocurrency. Says okay, well you know I own you know hundred thousand dollars. Say I owned hundred thousand dollars with a cryptocurrency. Okay, I, I want to buy insurance on that. Like you can buy homeowners insurance or maybe there needs to be some kind of like cryptocurrency, maybe NFT insurance. I don't know. Um I don't know if that's an idea or not. I don't know if anybody would think would be up for that, but I you know, the only thing I can think of is that that would be something we could try. Like you have me because because like in Europe like, so we're, we're in a very interesting, like in this country, especially with cyber and you know, some of the uh, companies to carry cyber. So you have personal people, um, like if you're, your bank attack, your bank can make good on that. Well, in Europe and places like that, the, the consumer is responsible to give car insurance. You have cyber insurance, uh, and you as an end as an individual have to have your own cyber insurance in Europe. People don't realize. That. And we're lucky in America. We don't have to do that, but over there they do. So maybe they need to have some kind of like doing cyber and car insurance, um, you know, Maybe you don't, not everybody has to have it, but maybe that's something that maybe would be beneficial is having some sort of like crypto or something. I don't know. So like I said, I thought it was interesting with the whole Silicon Valley Bank only because a lot of those guys are like anti-government, you know, libertarian views and stuff like that. But yet all of a sudden when they're, they're going to lose their $50 million in funding from their investors, they're like, come in and bail us out, please. <laughs> but the other thing people don't realize too, and, and I did, I actually did not know this, um, and I thought I knew a lot about some stuff like that, but apparently startup businesses are actually that have $50 million in the bank um, are supposed to have uh, something called float into the FD supposed to have something float and she covers them over that. Uh, I did actually know that I've never had that much at one time. Um, uh, and I probably would be afraid to anyway. Um, if I had that kind of money, I probably would have split it up or a couple checking accounts. So I know banks, you know, companies can't do that, but um, I probably would have. But uh, if you're a big company like that, you're supposed to have some float in front of mine. She's attorney and I talked to her about it. And she had actually said to me that why didn't these companies have float in terms? Like, she explained it to me that if you're a business that has over the FDIC insured amount, you're supposed to have insured on that money. Now, obviously, I don't think any of these startups had it. Maybe they couldn't afford it. I don't know. But either way, you're supposed to have it. And they, I thought that was something interesting as well that I, I didn't know about and then nobody mentioned it on any of the mainstream news media about it but apparently these companies should have had this kind of, so whatever whatever that means you know I don't know maybe the companies don't know but the bank even too isn't they're not all so a couple of my couple issues I have with the bank one they fired their uh, their risk analysis person so every bank is supposed to have a risk analysis person with the risks that the bank is taking with the money and apparently they had fired the guy, whoever hired him or something. Uh, but the other thing is, too, I brought up to a bunch of people that Silicon Valley Bank had bought treasury insurance or treasury, uh, not treasury, had bought treasury bonds. Uh, they're a safe kind of thing where if you buy a treasury bond in 10 years or whatever, it matures and you make money on it. They're pretty safe. But the problem is treasury bonds, because of the way the government has gone up and up and up and up with the insurance rates, the higher the, the less value that these treasury bonds. And some of the Treasury bonds that they had bought were only like worth like 60 cents on the dollar, which is not really, you know, isn't a good thing. So uh, the more, every time the government went up with these treasury bonds are worth less or they take long. And that was kind of part of the problem. The government had kind of caused this problem by, you know, <laughs> raising the interest rates. So maybe it is the government's responsibility to come in and kind of fix this. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not necessarily jump in and fix it, but 
Um, in my opinion, they may have actually caused all this by keep upping the interest rates, up in the interest rate, up in the interest rate, cause this treasury, but it might have been their response to jump in and maybe save this since they caused the problem. But like I said, I think the reason they jumped in too was they're afraid of a run of the banks. And, and you know, and the government only jumped in because they're afraid, you know, the economy is in a tough spot as it is right now. And they are so afraid of, you know, anything hurting this economy or on shaky grounds as it is. And, you know... And so they're very, I think they're a little, they're a little afraid of that as well. So that's why they, but I, like I said, I, I, you know, the, this whole thing with the, the economy and the government spending, I mean, look at how, what's in April here in another couple of, in a week or not, what, another 12, I'm oh, sorry, 11 days, 10, no, no, months going fast. Um, and the other problem I have with it too, is that we still haven't gotten this whole debt ceiling. Um, we're still working on that. Um, the go, you know, the Republicans are saying they want uh, so much in cutback, but that's going to cost like two point some million jobs. And the Democrats don't want that because that's going to hit the recession. That's going to make it, that's going to make the, going to make the recession even harder. Um, because you have a lot of job loss with these cutbacks. So I'm kind of in a, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of siding with the Democrats as far as the debt ceiling goes. We can't really... Yes, we need to cut back. Maybe we need to repeal some of these bills. But the problem is, what do you repeal? You know, the problem is the, this infrastructure bill the Democrats passed. And while I'm not all for it, you know, I live in Pennsylvania. We have some of the worst roads in the world, <laughs> in the country, just in the country alone, let alone the world. But, um, you know, we have some of the worst world, ro- roast, worst roads of any developed nation in Pennsylvania. And some of the worst in Pennsylvania. When they said they gave the roads in Pennsylvania C, I said that's... That's being generous. I think a D would have been much more, you know, much closer to the real you know, realization. But and our bridges, especially bridges in Pennsylvania, we have some of the worst bridges in the world. But you know, you know, so you don't want to cut that spending because we do need infrastructure. You know, and then okay, so broadband internet. I don't think we need. We don't want to cut that back because I think the internet's the future. There's a lot of kids homeschooling now, so we need high. Everybody should have. Everybody should have access to that, especially in this day. Uh, I still know people that still are on a crappy DSL or on dial-up. So we do need to do something about. It. But the problem is, where where do you cut back? Where do you cut the bill back? I'm sure there's padding in there for other things. You know, but but the problem is, where, where do you start cutting back? And the problem is, if you do cut back, you know, now you because you cut back, you have to make another bill is going to have to include the stuff you got rid of, and it, it's just this kind of this downward spiral that of this this spending stuff. That, I don't know. It's a hard situation to fix, and I don't think people in Washington are going to get it done or can get it done. But it's just where do you, you know, where do you cut? And if you are going to cut the spending, do you really want to cut the infrastructure? Like I said, we have some of the worst roads in, in this country of any developed nation. A, not of developed nations. I'm not saying everybody, but some of the worst roads in a developed nations. I know my state has some of the worst roads in the country. Do you really want to cut back on things like bridges? I mean, especially a bridge um, or, you know, on roads. I mean, the high-speed internet, I think, the power grid stuff they want to do is important. The problem is where do you... And I'm not saying that the, these bills aren't padded because we all know they're... in the old joke, we all watched Independence when the guy goes, you don't really think they spend $40,000 on a hammer or $50,000 on a toilet seat, do you? I mean, we know they pad these things, but you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation in the sense of where you're going to cut. And if we do cut, it is going to hurt. I think it is going to hit, hit the country. I think it's going to put us more into a recession because if you remember when Obama was in office in 2008, he tried to get a stimulus package. He got a, sti- a couple stimulus packages packed um, for infrastructure. And that did kind of stimulate the economy a little bit. Cause I know a lot of buddies of mine that weren't working, um, that are on the road crew were working, um, after Obama had, after Obama had his stimulus pack for the infrastructure. And I'm not saying that's the, 
I do know if they get repeals, I do, I do know people that are very busy right now because of that. A buddy of mine that works for an electrical company that puts in the electric charging, um, they are actually extremely busy. They wanted that bill back. They're one of the company, one of the subcontract laying out all the the charging is going to come into place. So I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that you know, repeal, you know, because that's the first thing they say. Well, let's repeal the infrastructure. But the, you know, I, I don't think that's the answer because I think you know the some of that stuff is important, and I don't think that's the answer. I and you know, obviously the first it was the Medicare stuff. Obviously that's all, Social Security's all, all that stuff is. All, we know they're not going to repeal that stuff. They can't. People rely on that. That's some people's only source of it. So that stuff's off the table. So where where are they going to cut? I mean that that's kind of the issue. Where are you going to cut? You're not going to cut defense spending. I mean. Hey, look what's going on in Ukraine right now. Look what's going on with China. We might be in a war with China soon. I mean, we just got out of Afghanistan. Look at how much, 17 years we plowed money into that. It's, it's where do you cut? And, and the last time we cut, you know, infrastructure, I'm sorry, infrastructure, last time but, uh, budget for defense spending, I mean, we had a 9-11. I mean, and, uh, and I hate to say that that's all the f of the country, but I mean, you know, during the Clinton administration's budget, we're cutting a little bit every year. And then after 9-11, it went right back up. We've never cut the thing since because we kind of got caught with our, kind of got caught with our, uh, you know, without a plan, without the, you know, situation, you know, and, and because of that, I don't think defense spending will ever be a thing that they cut ever again. No president wants to know 9-11 on there. Um, you know, we were cutting defense spending for years on the Clinton and we didn't have any wars. We didn't have like that because he was trying to keep us out of war to save money. And, you know, and then, and then look at, you know, look at what happened. You know, I mean, there's certain things you can't cut. And then defense spending, no president wants to know 9-11 on their watch. So they're never going to cut defense. So where are you going to cut? Where, where are you going to cut? You tell me, tell me, you know, I, I laugh about where you're going to, but that's really the truth is, is there's not many places you can cut when it comes to this, the, go, the, the government, but um, they, you know, the Democrat, the Republicans are refusing to raise the debts and cause they want cutbacks. And I'm not saying there aren't things that could be, I'm sure there's, I'm sure if they go through the budget line by line, they have to cut. But the problem with that is, is what do you cut? How much of it do you cut? And then where, where, where's, and where are these, the money that we are cutting, is that going to go to something else? Because then that's not really cutting then, if you get what I'm trying to say. You know, if I'm taking here, well, then I really didn't save anything. I just kind of moved. Saving means we're not going to spend it. And that's just not something we do well in this country when it comes to the federal government. Um, so like I said, we'll have to see. I'd like to see what happens with that. I mean, the debt. they said, well, we're good with the debt ceiling until what, April? So we're going to be coming up here to the, the Treasury. It said, what, the debts. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that now over the next, probably over the next quarter. Next, it's coming come up to April here soon. So. Um, I'm curious to see if we have another crisis of that now. Well, that with the with the, the debt ceiling is that gonna? I mean, they're gonna have to raise it. I, I can't picture them cutting that much, but I mean, I feel like I feel like they're gonna have to. Raise it. So we'll have to keep an eye and see what happens with that. I just don't. Well, problem is, where do you? You know, that's that's kind of the whole whole problem. And now, especially, you know, and I and I, and I hate to even the spending thing, but that that's kind of been the hot topic for me anyway. Uh, you know, you have companies now like like Facebook that's laid off eleven thousand, they're laying off another ten thousand. That's twenty one thousand people out of work, you know, and then you have Google, all these techies late, did a lot of layoffs. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to cut this now. We're going to lose more jobs. I mean, because, you know, the less jobs we have, you know, the worse, you know, the worse the economy is going to get, you know, and then I hate, I'd hate to see us say, okay, we're going to pass a stimulus package now to fix all this because that's not really a fix either. Um, you know, because and then if we have to, and if we do go into a recession and they have to give another stimulus package, there goes the money we just saved. 
So it, it's a tough situation. I don't think an answer for any of this, you know, and, and you know, especially with the with the election of 2024. So, you know, especially now there's, that's going to be a hot topic of spending and all that you know, up on the table. So I think, by the way, this live stream is actually bugs me. We're getting there. We're getting this all worked out. I, I've got a backgrounds better. I, think. I feel that we, a couple people that said, but so this isn't bad. It's going well. Um, we got a couple people in the pal talk but i do want to say anybody that's listening anybody that's watching like i said we do have our group now we're part of rumble you can hit joins five bucks a month if anybody thinks that's too much send me a message we maybe we can even lower the price i just want to get people signed up uh, so we can start producing some premium content for everybody i'm gonna you know i want to get a bunch of people signed up um, and then we can start doing some premium content but right now start do our first live stream here on rumble i've really wanted to do this for a while we have we've been a little crazy here. i do have my own business and stuff like that you know we're a little busy so it's sometimes it's tough to kind of get on and do the live streams but i want to start doing at least at least an hour or so on the weekend saturday or sunday maybe we'll mix it up do one saturday night maybe sunday or whatever we'll, we'll mess you know we'll, we'll figure it out so but i really wanted to get on and, and do these do the live stream because I, i've wanted to do this on rumble for a while i really like rumble uh tomorrow's a big day for rumble we'll see how they do the first day with, with uh, crowder back louder with crowder back i'm curious to see what that's going to be like very interested with with that and uh, and to see how Rumble holds up, I'm sure they've went ahead and they've uh, they've they've definitely scaled up. I'm sure for him, um, Monday's going to be a big day. Uh, you know, he doesn't need my publicity; he's got a big enough. But he's going to be there. But he's also part. He also has his own little group now. Rumble's whole you know, where you can join their groups and all that kind of stuff. I really think Rumble needed something like that where people could get a subscription, you know, to, uh, and be able to support people. Cause that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get people to join up and subscribe so we can kind of keep this, keep this whole movement, uh, going here. So I just want to say, if you can, if you can afford it, um, or if you can donate, it'll kind of keep things up, keep it going, hit the join button. Uh, you'll start getting the premium content and all coming out here, hopefully over the next or so as we, uh, we keep adding people, uh, we're going to keep, you know, like I said, I'm talking about it on the podcast, uh, which is still going to keep coming out, obviously the live stream. And then, like I said, we're going to have some exclusive content over in the group eventually once we get, you know, get people signed up and get that all moving. So we're working on it. We're working on a little baby steps, baby steps, a little bit at a time. Like I said, I'm curious to see what other what other content, by the way, Rumble is going to end on here um, as well. But I'm curious to see, um, like I said, I know Donald Trump Jr. is supposed to have a show on here. I know there's a bunch of other content on here. And I feel like, I hope Rumble does become the, the space for content creators, interdependent content, like myself uh, and other people, because, you know, Rumble is, Rumble is, you know, much smaller thing than YouTube, but, uh, you know, YouTube especially does not give content creators. You know, I know a lot of people that have been YouTubing for years and they've, they're barely cracked anything, but yet Rumble, you know, it's a smaller, a smaller, smaller platform. So you have lots of getting, getting seen. And that's really what I'm, I'm really excited about. Not only to, you can say whatever you want on here, not worried about getting your video to happen to me. Um, and like I said, this whole thing with big tech, I can't wait over the next, you know, couple over the next year or so. I, I really, you know, I mean, I work in the tech industry too, and and that's the other thing that gets to me a little bit is like Apple. You have to adhere to Apple's rules, and and I have a problem with that as somebody who is a small content creator. Like, if I want to do like if I have my own app on the App Store, that's a hundred dollars a year for uh for your own app on the App Store, and as an independent creator. Like that's a lot of money to shell just to have an app on the app store. And I know a couple friends of mine that are that are that are independent app design that are barely making four hundred dollars a month, and they still have to pay Apple fee. And I don't, I just, I don't think it's fair. Um, and now the same thing with with Twitch. Twitch is doing it as well. It's uh, they're doing a thing now where they're they're cutting back on how much they're paying content creators. And I don't think that's fair at all. I mean, content creators are doing all the work. I know use platform. I know it's Twitch's platform, but. 
that's not fair. They're going to say, okay, well, we're going to, you know, you know, we're, you know, Twitch is taking what now? I think if it's over a certain amount, they're taking, they're taking 50, 50, used to be 70. Uh, I think it, I think YouTube now is taking, um, you know, and that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of content creators aren't going there. And then, you know, cancel culture is another part of it, too. I know especially people, Jenna Marble, so that she was part of this. Uh, she had been one of YouTube's original creators. She had been, you know, cancel culture sent her away. You know, so I think it's a combination of what they're paying their content creators. The content creators, smaller content creators are coming up. Creators can't get discovered on YouTube. You can't, you know, and I think that's, you know, kind of, you know, the problem that that's that's with that platform now is you you can't get discovered unless you spend money. And and I think in, in a way too, and I, I can't prove, you know, YouTube is a business that makes money on it. And a lot of content creators have to advertise that by paying money. And I want voice will always wondered if YouTube pushes you down or it makes it hard for you to get discovered just so people spend more money on ads because that does happen. I know a lot of content. I've said, oh, you made, you did pretty good. Yeah, but I also paid to, you know, to boost it. So I didn't really make any money. You know, so that's, that's something too. I've often wondered if, if YouTube sees people that are doing really well and then, you know, maybe pushes them down so that not as many people find them. So they have to pay so that YouTube makes more. So now they're cutting on both sides. They're getting part of your ad revenue and they're getting you paying to boost your content. I mean, it, I know it's kind of nasty to say, but I mean, look at look at what Apple does. I mean, with their app store, you have to pay Apple. You, they, they get what, 15, 30% now of, of whatever your app makes. Plus, they're the credit card processor. So they're also, they're, they're also getting the fees and they're getting 30% of your app. That's, that's not right. <laughs> you know, and other countries now you can... Uh, Pick who you want to be your credit card processor, but in America they still allow that, and Apple's going to fight that. I can tell you now, if if antitrust or any of those things come up, that is a huge. A lot of people don't realize that that is the App Store is a huge revenue generator for Apple. You know, when you buy, when you if you pay for an app. Like I said, they're getting 33% of it or 15% of it, depending on your agreement with as an app creator. And then they're also processing the credit card, credit card fee. So, I mean, that's they're, they're kind of double dipping. And I don't think that's really fair that they are double dipping, especially when it comes to store and, and stuff like that. And another thing, too, is, you know, in the app store, one of the things they do that I don't think is right is that they promote their their apps higher than any other app. So in other words, like if you search music on any, and I can guarantee you that Apple Music is always, at the, and Spotify will always be said, Apple will never put another app over theirs, no matter what, because that's, uh, you know, that's just not uh, not good business, I guess you could say. Um, so they, you know, they always promote their own apps over everybody else's so that they make money. And, you know, it, you know they're, they're the biggest company in the world. And you have these little app developers or co- small content creators like me that are trying to make, you know, carve a niche for ourselves. And they're making it harder and harder because they don't want to lose their dominant spot. with bi- and, and that is a problem in big tech. And that's kind of the issue, too, is, you know, the whole situation. I have uh, my daughter walked in again. The... um. But the other problem is you have, like I said, you have these these independent controversies, and then the other problem is too, is if you say something that is controversial, you get deplatformed or de- you know, and if you're not a big content owns or, or a Steven Crowder or one of those, and people don't know where to find you, you're done. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of over. And I think that's what Rumble is really allowing is people like smaller content creators to kind of get ourselves out there and to really grab an audience and do things that you know we couldn't do if it wasn't you know, if we didn't have the, and I, like I said, I really appreciate being on here. Uh, you know, I appreciate, you know, being, you know, 
especially Rumble smaller, it's easier for people to find me and stuff like that. And then they promote their live stuff a lot better and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I, I've been exclusively on Rumble and Pal Talk and stuff like that as far as doing live streams. So we're going to do more of this kind of thing, uh, especially since I want to do more. And it's been tough to get online. This is our first live stream we've done. And I think it's so far it's worked that out. Uh, we actually did go out. Um, just to kind of give you a little behind the scenes, uh, we actually went out. My wife, uh, we actually, I did a test one, test live stream. You couldn't even, my wife went, a bunch of you guys can, and then she got another one over here because uh, my, my wife was like trying to make it so that everybody could, could at least see me. Um, and obviously, I on mic, uh, some other things too, and a little bit better when we bought, uh, trying to make it so you guys can at least see me and then see if we can maybe... Uh, maybe we'll do some different stuff. Maybe I'll move the background this week and kind of make it a little more. We'll see what happens. Like I said, this is our first live stream. Uh, we're gonna do. I'm gonna try to do at least one a week. Uh, also, do, like I said, another plug. If you join the join our thing below, survivalpod.locals.com, where you can little join button. Watching on Rumble and uh, join our local stream. Like I said, you're gonna get exclusive content. Uh, we're gonna start that probably in April. But we are just trying to do, like I said, at least one live stream, uh, you know, a week here to start, maybe two. We'll see how it goes. Um, and like I said, those of you that listen on the pod, that are listening on the audio only podcast, nothing is going to change on that. Nothing is going to be different. We're going to do the podcast every week. It is still going to be up there. It's still going to be free, just like it's always been. Um, the only difference is now we're adding additional content um, to give you guys more, uh, you know, some more content, more stuff to listen to, more stuff to watch. Uh, so I want to thank everybody uh, for watching our first live. And like this, and anything, like I said, survival, uh, survivalspodcast.org is the website. And we will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you very much.